Welcome to PLSJ's podcast, where the Public Library of Steubenville and Jefferson County shares with you our favorite quirky questions, finds out what leaders in our community are reading, interviews local authors, and so much more. This podcast is part of the Out and About series, where we talk to business and community leaders, organizations, and anyone outside library doors to learn a little more about them personally and professionally. And as always, we'll find out what they're reading. Love, the Mafia, and an Abusive Marriage. The House on 7th Street by Joan McLone is written as fiction, but steeped in truth of the lives of Joan's mother and grandmother set in the late 40s and early 50s. Welcome, Joan. Thank you so much for being here today. And you will be making an appearance at our Shopper Branch Library to talk about the book and sell copies of it. So we appreciate the time you are taking to be at the library as well as today. So first, the book. I noticed right away, if you want to talk a little bit about it, but it's dedicated to Nancy, and I was just wondering who Nancy is. Okay. It actually, it's dedicated to Nancy, N-A-N-S-Y, and that is what my children called. Okay, I just thought it was a different variation of Nancy, yep. so Nancy, okay. Um, so tell us a little bit about the book in your own words. So growing up, we always, as adults, we always told my grandmother that her life story would be a great book or a great movie. And uh, as an adult, I just thought her story needed to be told. So um, that was part of it. And during the pandemic is when I actually sat and wrote it. And uh, it's labor of love, basically, to get my grandmother's story out there. Yeah, I feel like I'm sitting with three generations here. Why did you choose to write the book as fiction? Well, there is fiction in it, but there's a lot of the uh, of my grandmother's story in there, and there's a lot of mm -hmm. truth in the book. But um, I did change some of the names of people and places, uh, so it had to be fiction. And then also to make the story flow better, I added some fiction in it. Mm -hmm. So that was why... Yeah, because to me, it read more like a biography than, uh, you know, than like a, an actual st story. But I mean, it is, you know, set in the story. And that's kind of like how I had the sense I was just more basically just learning about her life. And uh, did you ever get the chance to ask your grandmother, I don't know how old you were when she passed away, like why did she stay in such an ab horrific, abusive situation? Yes. Well, back then, you didn't leave your spouse. That really uh, wasn't something that was done back in that day, especially in this town, and especially with the mafia influence. Like, she left him several times, mm -hmm. only to be brought back. I have a distinct memory as a young girl when she did leave him, and she lived in the little apartment of go my mother and I. I'm maybe like six years old. We walked to go and see her. And my mother was holding my hand and we were going up and down, zigzagging through streets and alleyways. And my mom kept looking behind her uh, to make sure that we weren't being followed. Boy. How did that impact you as a child? Were you wondering, like, what is going on here? Yeah, I, I had no clue. She was like, we're going to go see Grandma. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, 
back then that was, I don't want to say the norm, but back then, um, different mindset of women. Exactly. Exactly. That was your husband. You stayed married to him because, you know, you took, took that vow. Um, you know, we're strong Catholics. So that was, you know, the, the marriage vows were uh, held sacred. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she just tried to survive as best as she could. What parts are fiction in the book of the story? Okay. So uh, the Bruno character, um, I, through my, re- and I did a lot of research um, uh, at the library and spoke to a lot of different people that knew her and knew the story. But when I was doing that, I thought Bruno's part, I knew certain things about him, but his backstory in Italy, mm-hmm. I knew he was involved with the mafia back there. Mm-hmm. So a lot of his backstory in Italy was, was fiction. That part was uh, yeah. made up. Yeah. I was wondering too, um, like the part where they sends her down to the basement, basically to get. I mean, there's all that truth uh, in that. Sometimes, Jennifer, I was sitting there typing, and I felt like it's going to sound crazy, but I felt like my grandmother was telling me what to put on paper. Mm, yeah, um, it, it just came, and then I would sit and read what I wrote. Thought. Wow, where did this come from? And did you just find yourself very emotional and oh. a cry, probably just yes. outpour of yes. of emotions? I would think while writing this and and at reading the finished product. And how did it feel reading? You know what you had written yeah. at the end and parts of it were really difficult to write. Um, obviously, the the uh, abuse parts yes um, were very difficult. And like I said, I feel like she had a part in me writing what I wrote. I would sit and read it back pretty much daily to just see the flow of the story. And uh, there were many times where my husband would come home from work and I'd be sitting at the computer and with tears in my eyes. I bet. I bet. How long did it take you to write the book? It took about a year to write. Like Um, I said, during the pandemic, we I just stayed right, home. Right. And doing a lot of research mm-hmm. that you could in, in preparation and getting it written. What was the hardest part of writing this book? Um, I started writing it as two stories with my grandmother and then my mother's story. Mm-hmm. And um, at some point, it just got too difficult writing my mother's story. I just had to kind of set that aside. It was too, I'm getting emotional now. It was too emotional. How old were you when she passed? My mother passed at age 65. I was 25 when she fell mm. and uh, went into a coma. Because there's a, a part in the book where she falls, yes. and then when she's in the accident. So you are in your 20s, you said? I was pregnant with my eldest daughter when oh. she had her, her little accident. We don't know. Right. To this day, we don't know what happened. Right. Um, but yeah, she was in a coma for five years. Mm. And uh, yeah, my grandmother and my father would go daily to visit and spend the whole day with my mother. Mm-hmm. So that was very difficult on uh, my grandmother to see her daughter in that situation. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. it was tough. So, okay. So when your grandmother passed, um, how old were you then? That was in 19, I think, 98. So I'm still younger. <laughs> 
Did your grandmother share her stories with you? Like how much information would she share with you? Where did you get most of the stories from your mother, your grandmother? Um, some from my grandmother, some from my mother, some from other people who kind of witnessed certain things. Um, my aunt told me some stories. She's in the book as well. Mm -hmm. So just kind of pieced it all together. How did your family feel about you writing the story, your uncle Gio, and how did they react? My uncle's passed away, mm -hmm. but my aunt, I did speak to her. We had a long conversation, and she was very supportive. She said, look, you're going to write what truly happened if you're going to do it. So some of the, uh, the violence in there um, are stories that kind of came about through um, different people telling me different things. Mm -hmm. I used the newspapers.com website through the library mm -hmm. and found a lot of things that have had, that were in the newspaper. So yeah, there was a lot of, uh, it was a paper trail, yeah, so wow. to speak. Okay. Yeah, because I noticed in the book, of course, I know you changed the names of the characters, but a lot of the streets are the same. Mm -hmm. You do mention Judy Jordan mm -hmm. and Dean Martin. Oh, and those are public figures yes. that I kind of added to the story uh, because I was thinking, well, this is a story about Steubenville. What else could I add? And I tried to tell the history of Steubenville as I went through, through the lens of what my grandmother would have seen yes. and gone through. Yes, and I loved um, the fact that Judy Jordan actually gave her money, your grandmother money, to, to get away. So I was surprised at that. Well, that is fiction. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, Thank you for clarifying it's, that. I it's like... possible because they say that Judy was a very caring and giving person. Yes. Um, and I do know that Judy did know my uncle and my the, and Bruno. Um, I don't consider him my grandfather. My true grandfather passed away. I do know that they were known to Judy, and Judy knowed them. As I'm reading, I'm thinking, okay, what parts of this are true? What parts right. of this, you know, are made up? So I'm glad that kind of you you clarified that for me. So thank you. I appreciate and a that. A lot of people were doing that, where they're going through and saying, oh, is this, you know, did this really happen? Yeah. Do you have a lot of people um, approaching you about the book and asking you, hey, can you reveal this name or can you say this or that? Uh, there are a lot of people who read it and who know the true names and put, you know, wrote down, oh, I know this person's true name is this and this person and this happened at this place. So, yeah, there are quite a few uh, people in town that have not really figured out, but... Piece the puzzle yes. together, yes. Exactly. Yes. Huh. Do you remember the house on 7th Street and visiting oh, yes. it? I lived there. <laughs> we lived there, my parents and I, we moved into where we yes, I lived that. there until 1970. In uh, 1970, the state bought up uh, this strip of houses that were there, and uh, there was a gas station on the corner, and it got they had, that all got torn down, and a housing project went in. And your grandmother, she was a wonderful cook, working in the restaurant and baking. And I'm sure you got to sample some of her uh, recipes and lots yes. of great cooking. And what was your favorite? Uh, she used to make homemade bread and buns. And we would go down and, and uh, yeah, we just load up on that delicious Italian bread. And her sauce, I mean, you know, you put sauce on it. And yeah. It would be great. 
Yeah. Um, so I loved at the very end when, um, you know, at her passing and her casket, she had put her wedding dress in there. And I just thought how beautiful that was, that love that they had shared together um, is, is eternal. It's a true, that part is true. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, my, she asked my sister, take me shopping. I want to get a pink dress. They went and uh, it, she didn't care what size. She just wanted something pretty. Yeah. And uh, then when they got back home, she asked my sister, I have one more favor. Can you take this wedding dress and put it in when I pass? She was a little morbid at times and would uh, say, oh, when I'm gone, just like this and that. But yes, it was just part of her. I think it was part of her armor to survive at times. I would think she probably held on to that love and those thoughts that she had mm -hmm. with her, um, you know, first husband, and and probably, like you said, that just got her through. So, uh, again, I appreciate you coming here and sharing that. And anything else that you would like to share with us about the book, or any insights, or is there uh, another book coming out? Uh, I'm working on a second book, and it will also have a Steubenville flair. I have a, a relative who, um, as a young boy, got in trouble. There's a policeman who was with the juvenile division. Uh, his name is uh, Joe Perone, and I met with his family members. He's passed. He was an amazing person uh, himself, this uh, police officer Perone. And uh, so the story will be about how he helps my relative go from bad to good. There's boxing involved because Joe uh, was a four-time Golden Glove boxing champion. So there's a boxing element with the story. And um, I'm still doing research at the library on different things for that. The police officer is a character and my cousin, this cousin who is a character, and how the two of them come together and uh, they help one another. Yeah. Well, I look forward to that and I hope you uh, come back and do a talk for the library once that is finished and published and ready to go. Um, I usually like to end my interviews with asking the author, what is your favorite book? Well, I have a favorite author, Kristen Hanna. I think I've probably read almost every book she has written. One of my favorites of hers is a book called Winter Garden. It's a story about mothers and daughters and the relationships between them and siblings, sisters, and having three sisters myself. And uh, we have a very close relationship. That is one of my favorite books of hers. Well, thanks for sharing. And hopefully our listeners, maybe they want to pick that book up and get started. So thank you again and look forward to the next one. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to PLSJ's podcast. Visit us in person at your library branch or online at steubenvillelibrary.org.